In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis of all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the gold dome. And today we're joined by veteran AJC political columnist and insider Jim Galloway. Jim, thanks for joining us today. No, great to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So we're talking about uh, what the new year brings new government and also the good, the farewell to uh, Georgia Governor Nathan Deal, who's been in office for the last eight years and has had a, a career in public service that stretches all the way to 1980 when he was first elected to the Georgia State Senate as a Democrat. He was one of the one of the very few Georgia politicians who made the transition from from uh, uh, Democrat to Republican. Uh, hails from North Georgia, so the shift was fairly easy for him. Uh, and uh, and he's finishing up this. He's 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 now the second Republican governor in modern state history to have completed two separate terms. You got it. And second Republican governor in modern state history, who was also a Democrat before they were a Republican. Uh, but both of them had, both he and Sonny Perdue, had very conservative um, voting records throughout um, and, and, you know, burnished their sort of conservative appeal while they're in office. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit, because in, in, in January 2011, when the governor, when Deal was elected, it was after a very... Um, very bitter Republican primary, and then a and then a, a a comeback attempt from Governor Roy Barnes, a Democrat who ended up getting uh, pretty easily defeated um, after it was all said and done. But Governor Deal came in in very trying economic times. We were at the we were still recovering from a great recession and a lot of budget cuts that were impacting furloughed teachers and state employees. Um, and there was a lot of rebuilding to do. And he walked into one of the the most paralyzing snow and ice storms that we have ha- ever had in, in, in here in Atlanta shut down pretty much the entire northern part of the state uh, which is a which was a very hard thing to cope with when you're when you're the governor who's just walking in and facing your first day on the job and um, the other paralyzing uh, uh, fallout they had to deal with and, and they often talk about it now in hindsight, was in those budget meetings before in doing the transition period where they learned f- for the first time the full extent of the, the financial hardship that the Hope Scholarship was about to face, um, where uh, the governor often talks about the trend lines were not going in the right direction in terms of the demand for the Hope Scholarship and the, the, the amount of lottery money coming in. And really, if you look back at 2011, one of his first big challenges, and it's something that was rarely talked about on the campaign trail in 2010, was 
overhauling the Hope Scholarship and cutting those awards, a very uh, dicey political prospect. Yeah, and as it turned out, uh, that's where he began engaging with a House minority leader named Stacey Abrams, which kind of set up the, the dynamic for uh, for for uh, her bid for governor to replace him, which of course failed. Yeah, and, and, and um, it was also sort of set the stage for a, a consensus-driven uh, legislative approach on at least some major issues, not on all issues, but on some of the state's most major issues. There was attempts to sit down with Democrats and Republicans to hash out a compromise. And that was a good example of that because Stacey Abrams and other Democratic leaders were in the room with Republicans when, when Georgia leaders said, hey, we've got to do something um, because there's not enough cash to continue giving the more generous Hope Scholarship awards that that I got. Um, and so what, what ended up happening from that was a cut in Hope Scholarship awards and also higher standards for technical school Hope grants, which ended up becoming being a mistake. That was a, that's one of the major blunders of his first four years in office. Uh, and uh, as, as a result, you had you, oh, you had significant number, uh, maybe 10,000 or so students drop out of uh, Georgia Technical College, which was important because he was also trying, the Governor Deal was also trying to build the state as a, as a, as a place with a, uh, with a wonderful workforce that can attract new, new and high-tech uh, enterprises. So uh, that, that really hurt. And it was reversed quickly, I think, uh, next, next year or so. Yeah, in about 2013, it was reversed. And it's one of those, it's one of those examples of how um, the, the governor and his team had to go back to the drawing board and ended up with something uh, that, was, that was more palatable by the end. I mean, not only did they reverse those cuts, but also um, by 2018 had expanded the number of degrees that students who want tuition-free uh, technical school uh, grants can apply for. So there, now there's about a dozen or so um, fields of study that tech school students uh, can apply to do without paying tuition. Um, Democrats want to go further than that and make all tech school tuition free, but that's a that's a debate for another day. Um, but that that shows you one of his earliest struggles, and also it kind of overshadowed the first step in what would be maybe his defining um, policy legacy in Georgia, which was the the criminal justice overhaul that he began in 2011 as well. Right, right, and and that you know there to me there are there are two legacies that will really depend on uh, Brian Kemp, his successor, on, in, in how he treats those. Number one is, is, the, is the criminal justice reform, uh, the, 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 the effort to, to, to get, uh, to, to release from prison nonviolent offenders and to reserve, uh, reserve prison for those violent, uh, violent uh, criminals. How Kemp response to that is going to be very interesting. The second thing is we, we, we've already talked about the, uh, the poor financial state the state was in when, when, when Governor Deal came into office. He has built a, a, a substantial rainy day fund that, how, how big is it Tops now? Tops $2.5 billion. Dollars. 2 That's up from 100 or so million dollars when he took office. Now, it's, it's and, uh, again, under a new governor and a, and a freshly elected legislature, it will be interesting to see whether they can keep their hands off that cash until it's really needed. And there's even a, there's another pot of cash. The lottery reserves are also uh, over a billion dollars. Um, and remember, Brian Kemp's coming in with a very ambitious sort of spending plans, including those teacher pay raises, which will far exceed $600 million, probably exceed a billion dollars if he gets the full package done. So you're right. Those, the economic legacy and the criminal justice legacy are, are what, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of Governor Deal's accomplishments revolve around. 
Um, there's also the the sort of uh, social policy. I mean, he's going to be remembered as a pragmatist, but he that doesn't mean he's he is necessarily a moderate. Especially in his first term, he passed he signed gun expansions, he signed abortion restrictions, he signed immigrate illegal immigration crackdowns. He did a lot to to satisfy the Republican base. Although he might be more remembered for something he did to infuriate the Republican base, which was the veto of the Religious Liberty Bill in 2016. Right. And that, that had been, I mean, I mean, uh, Georgia corporations like Coca-Cola, Delta, the, the really heavyweights in, in the business community had sent signals that they did not want this bill. Uh, and that's one of the, one of his legacies. Again, we're going to find out whether whether Brian Kemp uh, keeps it up has was was uh, Governor Deal's willingness to connect uh uh, the state's business climate with c- cultural debates, uh, and and uh, he recognized that the that a, a harsh cultural debate was bad for business. He he, he kept pointing us toward North Carolina, where uh, a a Democratic governor was elected, a a Republican one was tossed out because of those issues. And we had a sit down with with Governor Deal recently, where he said essentially, if if some voters choose to remember me for the for the religious liberty veto for that splash of red ink, so be it. He he's comfortable with that. And let's hear him in his own words talk about why he he vetoed that bill. As I stated before, I do not think that we have to discriminate against anyone to protect the faith based community in Georgia, of which I and my family have been a part of for all of our lives. Georgia is a welcoming state. It is full of loving, kind, and generous people. And that is what we should want. They choose to worship God in the way they see fit in a myriad of ways in a variety of different settings. I believe that that is our best side. And our people, every day, work side by side without regard to the color of their skin, of their fellow mate, uh, or the religion that their co-worker might adhere to. They are simply trying to make life better for themselves, their families, and their communities. That is the character of Georgia. I intend to do my part to keep it that way. For that reason, I will veto House Bill 757. In his second term, there was also a lot of a, a lot more on his to-do list. I mean, he ran for, for governor in 2014 against Democrat Jason Carter, um, talking about the, the need for expanded uh, for, for for a limited expansion of 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 school funds and and, and, the, and the the overhaul of the the kindergarten through 12 public school for funding formula, which he never really got to. Right. Instead, he took office with a pledge to help sa- help the state get, gain more control over struggling schools. He called it the Opportunity School District. It was a very contentious plan, a constitutional amendment that would get the state authority to create a, basically a new school district that could swoop in and take control of, take more command of persistently failing schools. Right, and and in in the end, he couldn't sell voters on it. Uh, it it didn't have a constituency. Uh, part of the problem was was that in your in your better 
Republic, uh, better school, schools in suburban Atlanta. Those were those were re- Republican areas. They didn't want uh, any 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 uh, gubernatorial in, uh, interference from Atlanta. And then, of course, you had uh, you had uh, in in uh, in majority African American uh, counties. They saw they, they saw this as a Republican intrusion. It was one of Governor Deal's uh, toughest challenges and one of his biggest setbacks of his eight years in office in the failure of the Opportunity School District. He managed to, to, to ring it through the Georgia legislature by a very narrow margin. So it passed the legislature, but you're right. Once it got to the voters, and you could see that they sensed defeat because he stopped aggressively uh, campaigning for it around the state near near the 2016 election day. Um, but he did try to tie it uh, to 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 crime, to economic development. He tried to make that case. But as you, as you mentioned, for Republicans who had long talked about the importance of local control, it was a bitter pill. And, and, and the thing is, the thing is it, it's one area where actually there was, there was some agreement between Democrats and Republicans, uh, black and white residents on, on the very basis of, of, of the, the, the basic problem of failing schools, which is, which is the, the lack of community support, family and community support over in particular schools that, uh, you know, that often uh, parental uh, activism is kind of the key indicator for whether a school is, is, is successful or not. The question was how you go about getting that. And once that uh, referendum failed, uh, he, uh, Deal was able to get a kind of a, a uh, opportunity school district light mm-hmm. past the next uh, the next session, uh, but it 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 really has hasn't uh, it it hasn't been all that active. No, and, and that's a that's a good point because something that was that's interesting about his eight years, especially his, his second term, was something like you know the, the failure of opportunity school district did not cripple his administration, and if you look at it, he was able to get pretty much every major piece of legislation he wanted to. Some way or another, through the legislature, including Opportunity School District, it still passed. It passed by narrow margin through the legislature. Voters obviously rejected it, but he still got that one got through. And a good example of that is even this year, when, um, in, actually, I should say 2018, when he uh, pushed for a uh, extension of a Delta tax break on jet fuel. Um, that ended up getting scuttled and in all sorts of drama about the Delta and the NRA, which we, which most of our listeners know about. But essentially, he called a special session to to provide relief for Hurricane Michael, but also to codify an executive order he signed shortly after that that would extend that jet jet fuel tax break for Delta. Right over the objections of the NRA and and many many conservative Republicans who didn't like the idea of uh, making any plays uh, for Delta's favor, given that the airline has also kind of participated on the the cultural side in opposition to religious liberty uh, legislation, and has been and 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 has been uh, uh, vocal about uh, about uh, the NRA's pr- approach to uh, gun safety. Now let's do a flashback. In 2014, Governor Deal was so worried about about his election, the re-election attempt, that that he was on the horn with lawmakers, urging them to step up and to, and to provide him some cover and, and and to go out to their communities and and push him. That was at the time when polls showed a very tight race between him and Jason Carter. In 2016, after the religious liberty veto, 
con- some conservatives were so mad at him that they were threatening to sanction him. They were calling for his ouster. He didn't even show up to the Georgia GOP convention that year. And yet here today, we have poll after poll, including several AJC polls that show among all Georgia politicians, Governor Deal is, has the highest favorability rating, higher than national folks, higher than Obama, higher than Donald Trump, higher than David Perdue, higher than Johnny Isaacson um, in all of our polls. Why do you think that is? I, I, well, number one, I think uh, Republicans are going to stick together. High rating among Republicans uh, isn't, isn't a problem. But I think he's got he's got significant Democratic support. I think he had, did, did he have majority approval uh, among mm-hmm. Democrats mm-hmm. that we, we've polled in the, the past? slim majority, about 52, 53%. And uh, I think that's the difference. And a lot of that is, is kind of a, a Democratic appreciation for not taking Georgia to places that Republicans in other states have done. Again, we mentioned we we mentioned the LGBT fights over uh, over in North Carolina uh, specifically. And we talked about some of the policies he'll be remembered for: criminal justice, for one, uh, his economic policy, his education policy. But in terms of of style and, and of his approach to governing, what do you think he'll be most remembered for? Well, well here's one thing that 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 I will I know he will be remembered for, uh, and it's not I guess it's 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 style. Uh, it could be interpreted as style, but this governor has changed the physical layout of Capitol Hill in Atlanta more so than any governor. Oh, I'd say in the last uh, probably in the last forty years, uh, we've added Liberty Plaza. Uh, which is a, a kind of a semi-park uh, where, where, where demonstrators can gather. Uh, we've added a Martin Luther King statue to the grounds. Uh, we have, we're in the process of, of building a huge new judicial building that's, that's going to kind of reorient the state toward, toward the, the, the eastern side rather than its current western side. And, and we're building a bypass that will uh, around the Capitol that will allow uh, certain roads, uh, uh, the uh, parts of Capitol Avenue, maybe Washington Street, to be closed off. And, Mitch- Mitchell Street, excuse me. And Mitchell also Street. removed the statues of prominent segregationists who were on. Tom Watson. Tom, is, Watson. Tom Watson has 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 been kind of uh, placed in a in a in a garden that no nobody goes to. <laughs> and that's another thing. The governor is more keen to highlight his criminal justice uh, approach and his economic approach, but he he also has set a standard for. Uh, being the infrastructure governor. This is a governor, as you mentioned, um, that that, that judicial complex, which will soon bear Governor Deal's name, uh, is the most expensive building in Georgia history. Uh, There was a new technical college built on in Gainesville, in his hometown of Gainesville, where a building is also a bearer's name. Um, There have been the the dredging of the port, partly state financed under his watch. Um, there's inland ports that were going to, one's going to be built in Gainesville, another is built in northwest part of Georgia. And of course, the MARTA expansion that was um, streamlined earlier last year, as well as uh, the expansion of, of toll lanes, a web of toll lanes that sprouted all across uh, metro Atlanta and north Georgia over and, the last and, and an endorsement of, of bus rapid transit up uh, Georgia 400, which most people think is a prelude for uh, to, to heavy rail. I think this is actually that's probably if the most overlooked uh, part of the deal legacy here, especially if you consider that he walked into a pretty much of a of an electoral trap set by Sonny Perdue, uh, which is the uh, a, a first T-splost vote 
that was that kind of div divided the state of Georgia into districts and uh, proposed uh, penny sales tax referendums for this and for that. It was it was just heavily rejected in in Atlanta. Uh, Despite the fact that 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 deal was uh, ended up re being required to campaign for it, yeah. uh, somewhat reluctantly. Yeah, I, I'll never forget uh, the governor and Kasim Reed, Atlanta Mayor Kasim Reed at the time, um, campaigning for it together. Uh, even though every poll showed it was going to get trounced in Atlanta, which is exactly what happened, it only passed in in two or so of the districts around the state. Um, and that was something that another one of those things we talked about earlier about uh, the governor having to go back to the drawing board. Well, that one, that 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 failed initially. Um, but then later on, Metro Atlanta's biggest businesses came together and essentially said Georgia has to pass some sort of way to fund infrastructure improvements. And so in 2015, that led to the Transportation Improvement Act, which is a ve another very tough fight, uh, especially for conservative Republicans. But it essentially raised fees in Gas taxes, gasoline tax, hotel motel hotel tax, tax to, to fund a billion dollars in transportation initiatives. So this is a governor that campaigned as a fiscal conservative, but ended up uh, uh, signing off on, yes, some tax breaks, but also some some tax uh, t tax hikes in order to fund things like these transportation and infrastructure repairs. Yeah, he was um, he, he's he, uh, deal was also uh, not a fan of uh, a lot of the uh, uh the the some of the the basic ideological financial beliefs uh that have sprung up within the GOP for instance he he uh he he constantly rejected this effort to do away with the state income tax mm -hmm. uh uh republicans point to Tennessee and to Florida which don't have income taxes but they also have different problems and they have different uh different economic bases uh he was uh because last year was an election year, he gave in slightly. I think we had what a 025 percent decrease mm -hmm. in the state income tax, the first ever. Uh, not that it, not that it really impacted voters that much, but it it, it gave it gave uh, Republican lawmakers a talking point. And throughout it all, he he had a um, a fairly uh, positive relationship, much more so than Sonny Perdue, uh, with with the legislative branch. Looking back. Speaker David Rawson and Spiro have always been with the governor and myself. What a great partnership. Chris Riley, who, who also has uh, something of a remarkable uh, tenure in Georgia, he was Governor Deal's chief of staff the full eight years, which is saying something. A lot of governors go through three or four chiefs of staff in just one term. He was the governor's chief of staff for the entire, uh, his entire tenure in office and, and has actually worked for Governor Deal for more than half his life. He gave a very emotional address doing the governor's official portrait unveiling at the Gold Dome last week. I find myself in awe of a portrait that reflects the characteristics of Nathan and Sandra Deal. I look, I look forward to bringing my grandchildren and explaining this portrait and explaining what we did. Governor, you aren't the example by which all others should be measured, but you certainly are an example they should follow. I am proud to have served eight years alongside and hopes others will use as an example that they choose to follow as well. So what are they going to do next? Uh, what, Riley and, and Deal, what's the, what, are their, what are their plans? That's the big question. Um, 
I'm, a, I'm, I'm guessing that they're going to continue to play a role in public policy, probably through some sort of consultancy or policy shop. Um, they haven't said anything formally yet, but we're expecting that news shortly. Uh, but they're going to stay, especially Chris Riley. Um, he's in his 40s. He has a long career to go in, in Georgia government. We may even see him run for public office one day. Um, but for now, look, he, he's been one of the most powerful people in Georgia over the last eight years. And he's built a lot of relationships and probably has a lot of favors to cash in, uh, too. So expect him to, to be a presence at the Capitol. One last question for you, Jim. Um, you mentioned earlier how two big parts of the governor's legacy are now in Brian Kemp's hands. Uh, what? How does the way that the governor led the state over the last eight years sort of set the stage for Brian Kemp? Well, it's it's uh, it's it's more contrast, I think, than anything else. Uh, Deal is is a product of Hall County, as was Casey Cagle, uh, as and, and Butch Miller, who's now Senate pro, pro tem. Of course, uh, Cagle is 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 uh, lost his bid for for governor, and he's out of the picture now. But you had you had some very powerful people led by Deal who were kind of on the edge of Metro Atlanta. And and they had to make that morning commute in every day, uh, 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 at least at least uh, a few of them did. Uh, governor Deal was able to kind of mm-hmm. set up shop at the governor's mansion, which is a, a little a little closer in there. But the 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 question now is you've you've got he's been Deal in 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 two elections, Deal performed very very well in these uh, Republican suburbs of Metro Atlanta. That changed in November. Uh, Brian Kemp is from Athens, a little bit further out. He's he's much more oriented toward rural Georgia. Uh, the mainstay Republican c- counties of Metro Atlanta have been lost to the to the the Georgia GOP now. Uh, Gwinnett has gone Democratic. Cobb has gone Democratic. So the the question is, you know, in in Governor Deal, you had someone who recognized the economic engine that was Metro Atlanta. Uh, including, uh, say, Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. In Kemp, we don't, Kemp's campaign was completely rural-focused. We don't know his opinion on some of these very, very big and basic issues like the Republican effort in the state Senate to to put uh, Hartsfield-Jackson under under state supervision. So, so the, this you're, you're going to see a lot of, of, of what I call city mouse versus country mouse tension in the legislature uh, this session as we, we try to figure out where Brian Kemp is taking us and whether it, that direction is different where uh, different from what uh, Governor Deal uh, has, has led us in over the last eight years. Well, buckle up, folks. And, and, and Jim, thank you so much for joining us this week. No, pleasure. We'll have to do it again. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when you do. And as always, thank you for listening. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. A celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-Hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. 
Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.